following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg won't be on the call today, uh, but I'm very excited uh, to talk to our guest today, who is Adrian Gostick. Many of you may know about the carrot principle, so we're going to get know all the insides and outs about the carrot principle, a new book, national bestseller, and subtitle, How Best Managers Use Recognition to Engage Their People, Retain Talent, and Accelerate Performance. So we're going to bring uh, Adrian in just shortly. But just so you keep in mind, between Kathy and I, you know, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And let me tell you a little bit about uh, Adrian now. Adrian is the author of several best-selling books on corporate culture, including the New York, uh, including New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal's bestseller, The Carrot Principle, and that's what we'll be focusing in on today. He also wrote some bestsellers, The Integrity Advantage and The 24-Carat Manager. His research, which I really like, is based on employee engagement and has been called a must-read for modern-day managers by Larry King of CNN, fascinating by Fortune magazine, and admirable and startling by the Wall Street Journal. Adrian's books have been translated into 20 languages and are sold in more than 50 countries around the world. As a leading expert, he has appeared on numerous national television programs, including the uh, NBC's Today Show and has been quoted in dozens of business publications and magazines. And you know that Kathy and I want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews of proven leaders that provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. That's why today, talking with Adrian, the co-author of The Care Principle, really is based on some uh, good, solid research, you know, a 10-year study of, 200,000 managers and employees. So we'll get Adrian to speak about that. Well, so what do we know about uh, leaders? We know that they are the heartbeat of the organization. Most leaders underestimate, though, just how much influence they have over others, and thus they and their teams can underperform. If you can just do a few things differently, that can drastically improve your performance um, for your organization. And on these shows, uh, we're going to talk about a variety of different things. Today we talk about, well, we're going to talk about engagement and how do you retain some of your top uh, employees and build a really vibrant culture. But we also talk about how to develop more leaders in your organization, what happy companies know about performance, emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies, brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance. We talk about generation and gender differences, work-life balance, self-management tools, 
and uh, many other things. So before we bring Adrian on, we wanted to just give you a little bit of the evidence-based research that we have, and then we'll hear some more from Adrian about leadership development. Why do we talk about leaders? Well, leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. Kathy and I like to say that the leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. Emotions are contagious, and the person who is emotions are the most contagious is the leader. And we also know that to be a star performer, we define that as someone being in the top 10% is usually a lot of these emotional intelligence strategies. When you look at IQ and you look at techno expertise, the emotional intelligence uh, factors, competencies, or whatever you call them, are the key ones that allow someone to be uh, in the top 10%. And why the top 10%? A lot of the research shows if you can get somebody in the top 10%, they are uh, twice as productive to the revenue, the bottom line, as managers in the 11th through the 89th percentile. And we also know that coaching, um, Kathy and I are certified coaches, can really add to training. Training has been known to give about a 22% bump in productivity, but then if you add ongoing coaching to that, uh, it's about 88%. If you're interested in more information about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership and coaching services. If you're interested in getting some more information about me, Dr. Riley Nadler, my website is www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence, free EI assessments, books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. So, Adrian, welcome to the call. Well, thanks, Riley. Thanks for having me on. It's great having you. And let me just tell a little bit more uh, about some of your uh, background, and then we'll get right into some of the questions. Great. So aside from what I mentioned about uh, your books, The Carrot Principle, which we're focused on today, in the past, I guess, was The Integrity Advantage, uh, 24 Carrot Manager, uh, Adrian is also the Vice President of the Carrot Culture Division, a consulting and training arm of OC Tanner Recognition Company. We'll hear more of what that is. Adrian has earned a master's degree in strategic communication and leadership from Seton Hall uh, University, where he was a guest lecturer on organizational culture. And uh, one of the testimonials that he has uh, is that he's the undisputed thought leader in employee motivation. So, Adrian, we always like to start off with this and tell us just maybe a little bit about your background, uh, you know, yourself, and then. How do you get into this field of leadership and management? Well, you know, like many of your listeners, I, I was uh, a manager. You know, I worked for five years in oil and gas as as an executive there. I worked uh, another five years in in uh, the field of banking, and so you know, I, I've I've worked uh, at the vice president level in those different organizations. And like many of us, you know, I just got really busy. You, you know, we got our heads down. We have bosses to please. We have customers to satisfy. And what I forgot along the way was that, you know, my people actually needed motivating. Um, you know, we get put in positions of authority because we've been there the longest. We, we have great education. Perhaps, uh, you know, we're very good technically at what we do. But it doesn't mean that we actually are able to inspire a team. So, so about a, a, a decade, a little bit more than a decade ago, I, I bumped into Chester Elton, who's my co-author, and Chester had been a recognition consultant. He'd been working with organizations to build recognition programs. Some of the best companies in the world, like Johnson & Johnson and, and uh, Avis Budget Group and others, and, 
And so he said, you know, we've got all this data. We've got all this knowledge about recognition and engagement. He says, how can we put this into to play and, and build a practice here that will help other organizations? So about that time, we began publishing books. In 2007, we put out our, our capstone book, which is called The Care Principle. And in there, we, we had a 200,000-person research study that showed this was no longer allegorical. It's no longer just kind of a nice thing to do for your employees to recognize. Them. What we found is that, and this was, again, published in the Wall Street Journal and Fortune magazine, these findings showed that organizations that were great at recognition were up to three times more profitable than those that were bad at this. So it took it from kind of a nice-to-have to a must-have. Right. So three times more profitable, and um, we'll get into kind of talking about what are some of the recognition programs, but I know in even some of the work that I do, and I think you said it really well, um, leaders know they should do that, but it just uh, doesn't come to the front of mind. What does is all the pressing needs, the pressing tasks, all the meetings that they have, and then the recognition is, oh, yeah, when I get to it, I should do that. Right. You know, well, you know, this is why we have six-month reviews, right? Uh, that's, that's when we catch up with that. <laughs> and, and you right. know, uh, in your research, I mean, I loved your introduction about most leaders underestimating how much influence they yes. have. Um, and a lot of times we believe, look, we hire professionals. They should be intrinsically motivated. And extrinsic motivation, that's, that's just for people who maybe work on the uh, factory floor, you know, maybe some lower-level folks. And actually we found that's absolutely not the case. People need recognition no matter what level they are in the organization. It does so many things. It communicates what matters most. It helps goals be more, more clear because we recognize those goals. It holds people accountable but in positive ways, and it, and it sends trust levels through the roof when it's done right. Well, uh, we're going to get into some of the specifics about your book, but I know exactly what you're saying. You know, one of the people I was coaching was a... Um, from the banking business, had, had his own banking branches, got bought up by a bigger bank, <clears throat> was reported to uh, the president, really the first time he had reported to anybody. You know, and this person was in, in probably early 60s, had a ton of stock, worth a lot of money, and it was just interesting doing the coaching, saying, I never hear how good I'm doing, you know, from the president. <laughs> right. And I, I remember thinking, well, you don't need to know, but just like you're saying, Adrian, he did need to know. You know, we, we all need to know that, no matter at what level. And isn't that interesting where you said, you know, the president didn't do this. Right. What we find in organizations when we go in, the president either thinks they're really good at it and they're not, right. or, or they just don't do it because, like you say, they're so busy. But if it doesn't start at the top, it doesn't trickle down. Uh-huh. Oh, good, good. Well, um, we want to get more into the specifics because the more hands-on once we get kind of through this, the better it is going to be for our folks. And I know you have some an incredible... Uh, hands-on principles, things that people can do in, in your book, The Care Principle. So let me if, ask you before we get into the specifics, who's been some of the most influential people in your thinking about leadership? Well, you know, we uh, maybe these are a little bit uh, pop psychology for somebody like you who has studied this so deeply, but, but when we began back in, you know, the late 90s, uh, the Gallup organization, uh, you know, was coming out with their work, uh, First Break All the Rules, uh, Marcus Buckingham and Kirk Kaufman and others were, were sort of publishing on that. Um, and, and they had mentioned in their book that recognition was one of the 12 drivers of great performance. Right. Uh, but they never said how you do it. They just said, you got to do it. Uh-huh. And so we realized we could come in behind that work and say, this is the how-to. 
Um, with that, too, we've, we've studied the work of Jeffrey Pfeffer at Stanford and David Ulrich, who's a great uh, thinker at the University of Michigan, and others who, who play in this human space, if you will, uh-huh. and human performance. And, and what we've loved is that every one of the academics says that this is really important, but nobody really has the answers of how you do it. And that's, that's where we've come in. You know, we've studied organizations and, and what really makes effective recognition, and we've got the research behind it as well. Well, great. So we're going to get into the how-to. I know you have your, we'll get into the four leadership uh, characteristics, and then you have a series of how-to that will apply to that. So this has been, uh, this is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. We're talking with uh, Adrian Gostick, co-author of The Carol Principle. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 amanda age three Carlos, age 9. An abducted child is everyone's child. Jada, age 14. To get free Amber Alerts on your cell phone, go to wirelessamberalerts.org. A child is calling for help. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performance. And today we're talking with Adrian Gostick, a co-author with Chester Elton of The Carrot Principle, all about recognition in organizations. And uh, Adrian, tell us a little bit about, uh, for our listeners, you know, what is The Carrot Principle? Maybe how did you get that name? And, uh, and then we can talk about maybe why it's so, so important for companies to need to, to know about it, especially in these times when people are losing their jobs and the economic downturn. So, first of all, um, you know, how did you come up with the CARE principle and, and the name and all that? Well, you know, about a decade ago when we were first writing our first book on employee recognition, we'd worked in the space, Chester and I, my co-author and I, had worked in the space for quite a few years, but, but we wanted to bring it into an icon, that, a simple way for people to remember it. And um, there's the old Aesop fable that it's easier to lead a, Lead, you know, your donkey to market with a carrot in front than it is to beat them with a stick. And so it was this old metaphor, and it had sort of a negative connotation, if you will, of, of leading with a carrot. But we thought, okay, well, it's a simple to remember metaphor. It's kind of fun. Can we make this into a positive, that it's better to, to lead our employees with carrots than it is to beat them with sticks? And so that's where the metaphor began. And now as we conducted this research, and we had, again, 200,000 people we looked at for the carrot principle, um, what we found is that in the best workplaces, people felt more recognized when they went above and beyond, when they did something that was excellent in their organization. You know, whether it was in healthcare, they did something to uh, outstanding for a patient. In a manufacturing firm, they, they did never miss delivery. They, the organizations that were great at recognizing specific actions related to their goals, and this is important, you're not just recognizing people for for looking sharp or showing up or being my favorite, you're recognizing people who live the values that move your organization. That became a carrot organization. And the carrot principle was when, and we'll talk later about this, when, when the carrot was used to accelerate great performance, when, it was, when there were already good business practices in place, it made a good manager great. Mm-hmm. Now, and you asked, too, about, okay, this economy, we're all kind of afraid right now, there's competition, nobody's making much money, uh, revenues are down. Um, a lot of people say to us, well, you know, that we should recognize actually less in this economy. We should be just focused on, on, you know, on keeping our heads down, serving our customers. Um, you know, this is not a time for warm and fluffy. So last year, at the end of last year, we, we worked with Towers Parent, and we did a 10,000-person news study, and we've just reissued the CARE principle, actually, with this data. We wanted to prove that this is actually a necessity in a bad economy. And we found out that recognition is actually more important in a time of, of insecurities where we're worrying about our jobs and about, and about you know, what's important to our organization, how we don't get laid off. Communication is more important than ever. And by recognizing people, bringing people up in front of their peers and telling them what great accomplishments they've, accomplishments they've had is the most important way we recognize and communicate what really matters most around here. So we found, in short, that recognition is actually more important in the down economy to keep mm-hmm. our people engaged. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of makes an intuitive sense, yeah. <clears throat> but I think <clears throat> it, it's the kind of thing that easily gets uh, 
moves aside. So let me just highlight a couple things that <clears throat> you said uh, for our audience. One, it has to be very specific, and two, um, tied to the goals that people have as far as the organization goes. Yeah. You know, we found this out. Um, actually, Disney, um, a friend of ours, Dee Hansford, worked at Disney for many years. And a couple of years, well, it's actually been a, more than a decade ago now, on their 25th anniversary of the parks, the corporation was getting no raises out system-wide. And, and Dee took over the recognition sort of training and, and system. And so she had 6,000 managers for the Disney organization. She brought them all together, and she taught them that they should never, ever say two words to their employees. And those words are good job. Mm-hmm. She said, unless they are followed by very specific praise. She says, because, you know, managers were walking by the park, you know, park and attendants, you know, and saying, hey, good job, Steve. And the response was, hey, yeah, no good, son of a rah, 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 rah. Right. You know, it wasn't a positive thing. The manager didn't know what I was doing. I got eyes in the back of my head. I got kids with cotton candy grabbing me. The ride's breaking down. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping everybody smiling and laughing. And he walks by and says, great job. He has no idea what I do around here. So as they started implementing this, it became quite powerful. They started saying, you know, Steve, thanks for keeping everybody, you know, in your line when the ride broke down. You were making them laughing and telling jokes. You know, Rosemary, we could, we could eat off these floors here in the, in the restaurant. Uh, the health department's going to love this. As they started getting specific with their yeah. praise, employee engagement just soared through the roof. And I know it sounds like a simple thing, but rare is the manager that actually does this. It, uh, it is, that is so true, and that's a great example Usually when I'm in an organization, I say that same thing. If someone says, oh, good job, oh, you're great, you're great, you're great, you know, by the second or third time they hear that, they're, they're numb to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you just say exactly like you said, if you can use the word because, good job because, and then highlight three to four things and almost that metaphor of a highlighter, what, what are those three or four things that you'd like for them to do again? Well, how about you highlight that? And it sounds like that's exactly what you were saying they did at Disney. Exactly. You know, we, we say recognized behavior gets repeated, and it, it's, it's so true. And even if it's not yourself, if you're watching a recognized behavior, you want to accomplish the same type of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, given I know, I know all this, this stuff, I'm sure like you do, a, a while back I was taking some tennis lessons, and uh, just the tennis coach saying, oh, good, wow, yeah, you, you, really, you really seem to have a good swing. And it was even though... I know this stuff. It was amazing how internally I was like, yeah, oh, good. You know, I felt like a little eight-year-old. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> With that, but it really did seem to work. Yeah. Well, tell me, one of the things, you know, we talked about earlier in the show about evidence-based, and I'm interested just about how, do, how do have you conducted all this research, and then we'll get more into the specifics. So, you know, 200,000 managers, it uh, looks like from one study, and then you just mentioned Towers and Perrin. Maybe just say a little bit of how you, how you were able to do all, get such large samples. Right, and I, you know, and I know, you know, Relly and I probably are stats nerds, and so we don't want to turn anybody <laughs> off by talking about, <laughs> right. you know, a, a our survey bit. methods. But I can say, you know, um, the two hundred thousand person study, we we used a firm called Health Dream Research. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a uh, one of the biggest um, survey firms of healthcare providers. Now, we knew that that a lot of people would say, okay, but that's there's a bias because it's just healthcare firms. But actually, it's a really good proving ground for a lot of data because you've got every level uh, from salaried uh, shift workers, uh, you know, sorry, hourly shift workers to, to salaried executives to, to uh, union people. You've got all demographics in a, uh, in a hospital setting. Now, but because we knew some people still wouldn't believe it, 
Um, we also proved that first survey with a thousand-person um, working group from all industries, and, they, and we received the exact same mm. data. So, so in other words, the two hundred thousand people w- was a very good uh, demographic. Right. However, that survey was finished back in two thousand and six, and so. We wanted to update it, as we said last year, with Towers Perrin, who just announced today that they were merging with Watson Wyatt to, to form the world's largest survey company. Wow. And uh, so, so Towers Perrin conducted for us a 13-country global survey. Because um, a lot of times we would go into a org- country, and we would go to Singapore or Germany, and they would say, oh, yeah, recognition, I know that you crazy Americans need a lot of recognition. It doesn't work here in Asia or Europe. Huh. That's just a wacky American thing. And we actually found that it is more important for employees in Asia and in Europe to be recognized than it is for employees actually in even America, because it is so rare. And, and yet, especially generationally, a new generation coming up in, in these, these countries around the world absolutely need recognition, and they're very frustrated that their senior leaders don't get it. And so even though you're saying some of the cultural differences, that yes, we may do this uh, in America... Your, your studies in other countries found that when that was done, it would go along with some of the same results that it would improve performance and retention and everything else. Absolutely. I mean, places like Japan, which have notoriously the lowest employee engagement scores in the world, uh-huh. uh, we found that the difference between, you know, say, employee engagement in a factory was about, normally, would be about 20% or 30% even. That's how many people were engaged, extremely low. But when that factory started recognizing and appreciating their employees, that employee engagement level went up to 70% or 80% even. So it was a remarkable difference in some countries when they applied this accelerator of recognition. Mm -hmm. And and so that's one of the key verbs you've been using in your book is as an accelerator, meaning that it can kind of go on its own, but if you really want to speed it up, you're going to use some of these recognition strategies. Right, and that's an important point um, is that, you know, we, we kind of hoped, when Chester and I began this research, we sort of hoped that you could put recognition in any toxic environment and it would make it better, and that actually wasn't true. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there was about 20% of managers who just should not be allowed to play with other children. You know, they're, <laughs> they're just toxic. Uh-huh. And maybe you think back in your own mind about the worst manager you've ever had. Right. And if you all of a sudden had that person start recognizing you, you'd wonder, what's going on here? Right, what right. do you want? Yeah. What we found is that recognition made good managers, that big bell curve, made those managers better. And it made great managers just legendary. When you think about those great managers you've had, chances are they were pretty tough on you. They expected a lot, but mm-hmm. they, they recognized, they appreciated who you were as an individual. And, and you, you probably trusted that manager. When you had a lousy manager, there was no trust, there was no recognition. And we found this interesting correlation between... Those good managers and bad. All right. Well, this is this is perfect. This is exactly what we wanted to talk about, Adrian. We're going to be right back and get more specific into some of the, the the how-to strategies. This is Leadership Development News, and we're talking with Adrian Gostick, co-author of the Cower Principle. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. And the pitch. Dave just pitched a tomato, which won't work. But a healthy, vegetable-filled diet could give you energy to hit that grand slam. Run, throw, think, eat better. Can your food do that? Find out at smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of uh, star performers. And one uh, practice of star performers is recognition. We're talking with Adrian Gostick of the Carrot Principle, co-author of the Carrot Principle. And Adrian, um, if you if you would, is there a little bit more just from the ROI findings, return on investment? You, one you already, already mentioned that organizations that give recognition are three times more profitable. Maybe just a couple more things, and then we'll get into some of the how-tos. Yeah, you know, that was interesting, too, that, that's, that we include right up front uh, on the care principle. And, and again, what we looked at was, was several different measures. We looked at return on equity, return on assets, uh-huh. operating margin. And from each of those, recognition, uh, you know, an organization that was 
excellent at rec- sorry that was effective at recognizing excellence was three times more profitable which which means that one we have dis- decided in our organization what are our core values it's not just motherhood and apple pie we have really said these are the three to five most important things mm-hmm. and a lot of organizations have 12 15 things which is way too many people can't remember that many right. so the great organizations have boiled it down and said this is this is the standard and, and recognize when people go above and beyond in living those standards. So we, we found that. What we also found was some amazing uh, correlations between recognition and higher employee engagement. Now, in this economy, we're all looking to get more out of our employees. Everybody's doing more with less is the, uh, is the buzz term. And so how do you get people committed and engaged in this economy? We found that actually organizations couldn't be pretty good at recognition and have engaged employees. Like, I mean, I'm just throw some stats at you just for a second, but I think these still do make sense. What we found is that organizations that were pretty good at recognition, about 16.7% of their managers were, oh, sorry, of their employees were highly engaged. So if you're a manager and you're giving out, you know, pretty good recognition, about, you know, almost two out of your ten people are highly engaged. If you are really good at recognition, more than 7 out of 10 of your people will be highly engaged. So in other words, this is not a linear progression with recognition. You're either really good at it or you're not. And a lot of times we'll find in this latest survey we did with Towers Parent, we found 67% of managers believe they're above average at recognition. Any guess what the uh, what percent of employees believe their managers are above, uh, above average at recognition, really? 20%. You're exactly right. It was 23%. <laughs> so uh, two-thirds of uh, managers believe they're above average, and about a fifth of employees believe their managers are really above average. Wow. So let me just highlight one thing, especially that you said for your audience. And <clears throat> We've talked a lot about these kind of micro-initiatives, little things that managers can do, and, and exactly what you're talking about, Adrian, is perfect. That someone who's just good at recognition, they had 16.7% of their folks highly engaged. But if they were great, that jumped from 16.7% to 70%? 73%, exactly. Wow. You know, uh, which was phenomenal. And, and you're right. There are lots of little things that you can do. In the CARE principle, we have 142 different ideas. And they're ideas from real managers that we've spoken to now in, in hundreds of organizations we've, we've worked with over the last 15 years. Um, now, some of them are kind of wacky, and they won't work for your organization. Um, but uh, some of them are, are very conservative, and so it just depends what works for your firm. Um, one very, very simple thing to do is start sending some things to the homes of people who work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody goes above and beyond, it's nice. You know, you give them, you give them tickets to, uh, to the ball game. that's nice. But all of a sudden, when you send, say, a gift basket home with a nice note that says, you know, thanks for letting Sharon stay, uh, you know, work through the weekends and, and work so hard on this project, we just want to let you know how much we appreciate, whether it's your, the spouse or the, the parents or, or friends of the family, whoever it is. It's amazing when we connect with the loved ones of people who work with us and for us, we all of a sudden create these social bonds that are very hard to break away from. And so a very simple idea there is, is involving others. So that's, that's a great one. I, one of the, the places that I knew that, that had probably one of the highest engagements had a president who used to do that if one of the uh, salespeople was out, out of the country for you know a, an extended period of time, he felt bad, he would do exactly that, send flowers and stuff to the spouse and just you know say, 
you're involved in this too, and we appreciate your sacrifice. Yeah, and a lot of firms have actually formalized this now. Uh, McLean Trucking, which you know, is one of the largest trucking firms, uh, actually has a spouse award when they're, they're, they're when the person has been with the company so long, they'll actually give commensurate award, you know, on their service anniversary to the to the spouse, too. Mm-hmm. And it's a really nice way. Pepsi uh, Bottling Group, who we do a lot of work with, does the same. It's a really nice way to involve them because there's been a lot of sacrifices for the company over the year years that it's time to say thank you to them as well. Well, let me ask a couple questions because then we're, we do want to end getting more specific, so I'm glad you dropped that one in there already. Um, one of the things that you differentiate is between employees who are engaged and satisfied. Right. And maybe you can just kind of walk us through what. Uh, how do you see the difference of that? Well, you know, when we first started this, we and and I think a lot of people did. You know, a decade or more ago, we just worried about employee satisfaction. Are are people feeling happy, if you will, at work? And we found, well, that's really nice. Uh, it really doesn't make that big a difference because I could be really happy with my pay and my benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, uh, you know, I might feel really good coming into work, but I really don't do anything when I'm here. And so we found there's a big difference between satisfaction, which we found was a very passive thing. You know, you can be satisfied, but you're not really doing anything about it. I see. Engagement is a very active thought process. Uh If I'm engaged, I really want to make this place successful. I care about what happens here. I believe in the goals and values. I, you know, if you ask me to stay late or do an extra shift, I'm going to do it for you. Um, I really believe in what this place is about. And so what we found is that Employee satisfaction is important because it's a, it's a measure of turnover. If people are satisfied, they'll stay longer. But if they're engaged, they're going to work harder. Mm-hmm. And you actually need both. You can't, you can't not worry about satisfaction and have highly engaged people because they're very, mo- right. they're very motivated, but as soon as the economy improves, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. That's a great distinction. So if they're satisfied, they'll stay longer. If they're engaged, they'll work harder or work smarter. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so... I know some of the Gallup research and some of the renewal research, like what percent of the population uh, is highly engaged? And maybe this is, I think, if you can uh, say, is this, is this cross-cultures too? Right. Um, and while I, I don't want to get into all the, the cultural differences right. if, because it, it becomes so, uh, so fragmented so fast, okay. I can tell you that you know, in, our, in our overall data, yeah. about 40% of people were high engagement, high satisfaction. So, in other words, they're the ambassadors for the organization. They they very low risk of turnover, but they're also committed to your personal sorry to their personal success and the organizational success. Right. We love these people, but it's only about a fourth. Uh, sorry, only about four tenths of your workforce. <clears throat> now, what about the other? You know, in the actively disengaged. And I know Gallup had some good research on that too. So, what have you found? Well, we found again in our two hundred thousand person database that about a quarter, twenty six percent. We're low engagement, low satisfaction. So these people are not only disengaged and they're not doing much and helping your organization, they're doing the minimum to get by, right. but, they're, but they're vocal in their critique uh-huh. of their boss and the organization. They're a danger right. to your organization. <clears throat> so they're the ones, they're, they're like the toxic employees. Like we said, if, employee, if emotions are contagious, they are spreading all the toxicity. Oh, exactly. Uh-huh. And, you know, some organizations are lucky they have less of them but they're there. They're they're there in every organization. So <clears throat> this is great. Uh, seeing this now, I, I want to make sure we get some of the specific uh, aspects of how do you uh, raise some of this, and and maybe talk briefly just what you found is kind of your four leadership characteristics, 
And then what we can do is go through some specific examples that can help each of those key areas around engagement. Right. You know, and you've got to be a – what we found, again, in the research is you've got to be a pretty good manager. But luckily, you know, in the big bell curve, most of us are. Most of us are pretty competent at this. And what we found, again, this came out of the research. We, we asked the PhDs who were conducting the, uh, the first uh, data analysis from this 200,000-person uh, survey. We said, what are, the core, what are the strongest correlators to recognition? And they, they brought up four things. Mm-hmm. They were that a manager who is who's seen as strong on recognition is seen as a better goal setter. They're better at communication. Mm-hmm. They're more trusted. And this one we really wasn't was was unexpected. The number four one was they're better able to hold people accountable, which which was great too because recognition is often seen as the warm and fuzzy, but when it was correlated with accountability, that's getting results. And so we found if those things were in place, and they're pretty good already, recognition accelerated those four. They made goals clearer. They made communication more apparent because. Again, when we're bringing people up and recognizing them, everybody's paying attention. Right. Nobody tunes out when somebody's getting an award. I'm like getting up and giving a speech to the troops saying, well, let me tell you how important customer service is to us. You know, everybody's sort of thinking about what's for lunch versus let me tell you what Kelly did yesterday when we had an angry customer. Uh-huh. Everybody's paying attention. Now, we also found, again, that the person who recognized more was more trusted we found the number one complaint with employees who felt a lack of trust in an organization was that my manager either took credit for my work or didn't give me credit for the work I did. Mm. And then that final one of accountability is, is again, interesting. Um, we also conducted focus groups and, and interviews with employees. And one employee once told us a really interesting thing. He said, you know, when I make a mistake, I'm recognized 100% of the time. When I do something great, I am not recognized 99% of the time. Wow. And, and what great organizations do is take that 1% recognition, maybe make it 2 or 5 or 10 or 20% recognition, and, and amazing things happen. So say that one again, just because I'm actually writing this down. So when they make a mistake... Uh, what, I'm recognized 100% of the time. Okay. But when I do something great, I am not recognized <laughs> 99% of the time. Uh-huh. And that was his differentiation, and it was, it was profound. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, that's huge. And so I know most organizations, um, you can almost go across any organization. Communication and accountability are always going to be issues. But you found, just to uh, highlight this again, what's, high, what's correlated highest with well-recognized organizations are goal-setting, communication, trust, and accountability. Exactly. And so we're going to go to our, our last break, and then we're going to come back and we'll get Adrian to give us some specific Um, actions, ideas in each of these key four areas. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Mo 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Do you know who your kids are talking to on the Internet? Every day, children are sexually solicited online. Help delete online predators. Call 1-800-THE-LOST or visit CyberTipline.com. A message from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and the Ad Council. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Companies Healthy People to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg is not with us today. Um, I'm sure she's going to be listening in when she gets a chance. And we're talking with uh, Adrian Gostek. He's the co-author of The Cow Principle. And we're going to get into these four areas that he found highly correlated with cultures of high recognition, goal setting, communication, trust, and accountability. And I asked Adrian, maybe we can pick out some specific um, recognition ideas that people can uh, get. And before we do that, just to mention uh, Adrian's website, is www.carrots.com. He has a 
uh, on there. There's a resource, um, a lot of free resources that you can download. And then, Adrian, what's your blog? AdrianGostick.com, A-D-R-I-A-N-G-O-S-T-I-C-K.com. Great. Okay, so um, what I when I saw your book and what I turned to after I kind of got the gist of it was the back, and you have 125 ideas for recognition, and they're each in these key areas. So maybe if you want to highlight, let's say, around goal setting and anything you want to say about maybe you know why goal setting is important and then what are some of the things that you found that were helpful as far as recognition in that area. Yeah, um, and, and these may not be in any particular order. Some of my favorites that I, I hear quite a bit are, are the fact, and this, this one fits in a little bit with goal setting, is that when you bring a new employee into your organization, you've got to welcome them in an effective manner. We call that onboarding. Mm. And, and employees that are onboarded in an effective manner are, are, depending on the research that we've seen, anywhere from two to three times more likely to stay if they feel early engagement in the goals and the, and the values of the organization. So, I mean, something as simple as one hospital system that we work with welcomes new people before they even hire. Uh, you know, hospitals still have turnover problems. I mean, it's the one industry that, you know, along with uh, fast food, <laughs> but still has, you know, amazingly high turnover because nurses and lab techs have choices, and they'll move for a couple of cents more an hour. So this hospital, before an employee arrives, they will have an, every employee sign a little note to them, just a little welcome note mm-hmm. that goes to their home. Now, it's a very simple step, but they found that it actually reduces turnover when when everybody in the nursing department will sign, hey, we're so excited to see you, can't wait till next Monday when you're here, and they receive that about a week before they arrive at work. It makes a big difference in a person feeling welcomed. It's a little recognition of you've accepted the job, but it goes a long way. So there's one little idea there. Um, That's a great one, and simple to do. And so before they come, they already get a card, but then the other thing, sent to their home, that's huge. Exactly. You know, it comes along with a package, too, of, you know, this is our last annual report. This is what we're all about. You know, some communication on the company. Mm-hmm. So instead of just this vacuum for two weeks while they quit their old job and come over, they're, they're sending them information. They're checking in. They're making sure that they actually will walk through the front door. And when they do, that they're feeling welcomed. You know, and this organization, too, has a, a little banner that they put up at the person's workstation when they arrive. You know, it's just a very simple welcome. But again, it, make, it shows that they're paying attention. They get their business cards ready. They get their, their, you know, whether it's their staplers and all their office supplies ready. They really make them feel like we've been preparing for this person. They have the computer and all their training. Everything's ready to go the first day. That's great. You know, I'm just looking at some of the things um, <clears throat> that you have here. And, and one of the things that you have about Victor Room's expectancy theory Maybe you can say a little bit about you know what you tell employees. One of the things we you know we talk about with whether you know it's expector theories or or you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs you know whatever kind of the psychology comes into into uh, recognition is that you know we need to expect the best of our people when we set them up to succeed they will be more successful. So rather than one of the things we along those lines we recommend is that when a person is hired, that you sit down with them, you say, you know, Bill, thanks for coming on board. I know you're going to do just great things. We have such high expectations for you. And when you do, I would like to know how you would like to be recognized. And in the book, we have a little recognition survey that you can take either new employees or, or people who have worked for you for a while through. And it asks them questions such as what's their, even simple things, what's their preferred name, but... But, 
Do they like public recognition or team recognition just with their teammates, uh, company-wide, uh, to be put in the newsletter, etc.? Um, also ask them different types of things they would like to receive from, you know, gift certificates to spa days, etc. And also ask them, which is, I think is a fun one, if you had a day to do whatever you wanted, what would you do? And they start talking about going fishing with their kids or, or going to the ball game or whatever it is. And all of a sudden you've got a whole bunch of ideas to recognize them. Because what we found is that recognition is great when it's celebrations and everybody gets the same thing, mm-hmm. but it is more meaningful when it is personalized to you and your individual needs. And so that's why either the survey or you also have an idea when they first come to sit down and talk to them about their values. And so for for managers on the, on the the who are listening, it's not like you have to somehow invent this. You want to go to the source, which is your people. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of times people will say, you know, just give me money. I don't care. Uh, just give me, uh, if it's five bucks, just give me money, 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 money. And what we found is that actually money is not, a, especially in small doses. If you've got thousands of dollars to offer, give them money, for gosh sakes. But what, what people end up doing is end up giving them 10 bucks, 20 bucks. It becomes a demotivator. Oh, my gosh, I worked all week. I stayed till midnight every night. I worked for the weekend. I missed my kid's soccer game. And you're giving me $20? Right. Or even a $20 gift certificate to Starbucks? What are you, crazy? Versus something that is meaningful, something that means something to them. It doesn't have to be extremely expensive. But the great managers really find out really what motivates and is meaningful to them. And it may not have a dollar amount fixed to it. I mean, if they've gone really above and beyond, they need to be commensurate. The award needs to be commensurate. But a lot of times it's, it's recognizing with intangibles, like taking the, the employee the next time you meet with the CEO as a recognition idea. It may be giving them some training that they've really wanted. You know, there's a lot of different ideas about aligning people with their with their work and recognizing them that, that may not involve a lot of money. One of the things, and again, you have this on the goal setting, was when um, <clears throat> you had to criticize an employee who's off track, but instead you said, can you can you make a positive course correction? Right. And, you know, as a coach, really, you, you know about this, that, that um, you know, a lot of times employees just feel beaten up. Mm-hmm. You know, they see the finger from their boss saying, hey, come here, and what are they thinking? Ah, geez, you know, more, right. you know, more punishment. You know, turn that around. Try to give more positives than negatives, and employees will respond better when you do have to coach. Well, this went quicker than, than we thought, but let me just mention, uh, we're talking with a- Adrian Gosnick. We just hit a couple of his 125 ideas in the carrot principle, and you can uh, go to the website, www.carrots.com, and get a lot more of this information and Adrian, this has been very, very uh, enlightening, hopefully also for our audience. But thank you very much for sharing some of your expertise with us. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it, really. This has been Leadership Development News and signing off for now. Try to put some of this recognition to, into play in the next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.